Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, June 17th, 2022. Well, it's finally happened. Internet Explorer is no more. It originally came to us as part of the Windows 95 operating system in 1995, and has been around for 27 years. Now, as I started my career a few years before that, in 1989, I can honestly and confidently say that I outlasted Internet Explorer. At one point in time, according to CNN, Internet Explorer, or IE as it was commonly known as, commanded 95% of the browser market, according to CNN. But as of the last few months of 2022, it was about 1.8%. The largest share at 73% of the market, Google Chrome. Goodbye, IE. We're going to miss you, maybe. Next up is an opinion piece from Forbes. This written by Romo Bao, who is the president and CEO at CORE and also a Forbes Council member, Cybersecurity and Risk Management in the Internet of Things. Starts out by talking about the Internet of Things, or commonly known as IoT, about how it's become very pervasive in our lives. One of the items he mentions is cardiac rhythm monitoring, which personally I love with my Apple Watch, can get some very good statistics off of there. So, the whole Internet of Things in general really has permeated our lives and have increased to the quality of our lives. But of course, the more things that you have collecting and transferring data, the more chances of bad things happening, data being exfiltrated or manipulated or something else. Obviously, the chances are greater because there are more touch points. He goes on to call this decade, the 2020s, as the decade is of IoT and notes that while there's many exciting opportunities, it also presents a risk if cybersecurity is not fully addressed. Now, generally speaking, the opinion piece is positive. He does note that there are some movement right now as far as standardization, but we're not quite there yet. There's legislative items going through in the UK and California and Oregon, for example, that require reasonable device level security, but we're not quite there yet. So it's going to be very interesting. I would tend to agree with him on the concept of this being the decade of IoT. Certainly it has exploded. Just think about how many years ago that it hasn't been that long since the iPhone has been out. If you think about if you, if you measure in terms of technology lifespan, yes, it's been quite a long time. But if you measure in terms of just general historical timelines, I think the first iPhone came out 10, 12 years ago, maybe. I'm taking a little bit of a guess there. But smartphones were never around all the time. So it's going to be very exciting to see how this migrates over the next couple of years, the next decade. And not only some of the features that are going to help continue to improve the quality of life of everybody on the globe, 
but also how we are going to address those security risk concerns. From Threat Post comes word of a phishing scam not utilizing email, rather sent via Facebook Messenger. Rather large scam, according to the article, it ensnared 10 million Facebook users and it's still ongoing. But not only that, researchers believe that one singular person is responsible. So likely that ended up being quite a huge payoff for that person. In essence, the way that this worked is they were sent a message to log into a Facebook page, which looked like the official Facebook login page, but obviously was not. And then, as the article says, in a likely automated fashion, the threat actor would then log into the account that now they have the credentials for and send out the link to the user's friends via Facebook Messenger. So two things here. And the first is I have seen in some cases messages that seem to be from friends in Facebook Messenger that may or may not be related to this. But the second, so far as I can tell, although the article doesn't explicitly state it, it would seem to me that this is another example of if you had two-factor authentication enabled, it would stop the attack. So Facebook offers that. The takeaway from this is ensure that if you're using Facebook, use two-factor authentication. In fact, try to use it in every and any location that two-factor is available. I've had an opportunity to look at Veeam's ransomware report. I've mentioned that before. And there are a couple of statistics that I wanted to pull from here that I didn't talk about before. But one that I think I did mention, one of the initial ones, was just in general of those surveyed, 76%, there were 3,393 organizations surveyed, 76% reported suffering at least one ransomware attack, while the other 24% either avoided or were unaware of ransomware attacks. And only one in four, roughly 27%, suffered just one attack, presumably with bad actors attempting to return for more ransom. In other words, if you pay the ransom, it seems like that they're going to come back and ask for more. So that brings to the ransomware payment details. And first and foremost, as far as cyber insurance goes, 57% said that they had cyber insurance that included the ransomware coverage. 30% said they had cyber insurance that did not include ransomware coverage. And 13% do not have cyber insurance. So a takeaway from that is, first of all, understand your cyber insurance coverage. And second of all, maybe reevaluate whether or not you should have cyber insurance. I'm not going to say across the board you must have cyber insurance. It's a business decision, but make sure that you have correctly and evaluated the risks of having or not having cyber insurance. As far as organizations, they were asked, uh, did you pay the ransom to recover the data? 52% said yes, and they were able to recover, but 24% said yes, but they still could not recover the data. That's pretty significant. One in three, roughly, could not 
recover the data even with paying. 19%, about one in five, said no, they were able to recover the data without paying. 5% said no ransom was asked for, which is rather odd, but perhaps they were caught in a ransomware campaign that had since been disbanded, but the artifacts were still out there. And then finally, as far as having how they paid, 24% paid were paid by the company, though there was an insurance option. 47% paid through their cyber-specific insurance coverage. 25% paid through other insurance. I'm curious as to what that other insurance would be. And only 4% said that they paid by themselves, that there was no insurance coverage for it. So an interesting report, the link to register for downloading the Veeam report is in the show notes. With Internet Explorer in the rearview mirror now, and with my personal realization that my career has outlasted this browser, it got me thinking about some of the stories that I have encountered over the past 30 plus years working in IT and information security. And actually, one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do in my professional career immediately came to mind. Maybe that's because it didn't happen all that long ago. It was actually this past week. And in 30 seconds, I'll tell you that story. In my job, most of what I do is virtual. That's actually what the V and VCSO stands for. I like to say that we were virtual before virtual was cool, the nod to the change in work habits due to the coronavirus pandemic over the past couple of years. But I do enjoy going out on client sites on occasion. Usually it's to support an audit or an exam, or in the case this week, to lead a quarterly information security steering committee meeting. This is a client that I've worked for for several years, really enjoy working with them, financial services, and I enjoy going up and doing this visit maybe once or twice a year. It's a special time. Love working with these people. So I got there the night before because I'd like to be fresh for the early morning committee meeting that I'm leading, settled into the hotel went to a restaurant near the hotel, had a nice large dinner because I hadn't eaten anything since early in the day. I had about a three-hour drive to get to this place. So basically my dinner was my lunch and my dinner. Nice, satisfying meal. Went back to the hotel, decided to call in an early night, went to sleep about the same time I normally would go to sleep. And then... In the middle of the night, about two o'clock in the morning, I started to feel unwell. Without going into details, this very quickly ballooned into really feeling ill, really feeling sick. I was planning to meet with the team before the steering committee meeting. We were going to go out and have breakfast and catch up and I did something that I almost never do. I had to cancel that because at the time that we were going to meet, the thought of food 
was something that my body could not take at that time. I can't recall becoming that violently ill in that quick of a period of time. I began to feel better enough to be able to go on site to make the committee meeting. It was only about a 10-minute drive from the hotel. I explained when I got there to the committee members that I wasn't feeling well, that it was very difficult, but we were going to push through it. And we did. And I was very touched with the understanding and the grace of the folks that I work with. Because that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do in my professional career, to actually, while I'm still dealing with what I believe was food poisoning in some way, shape, or form, to lead this meeting. But I wasn't about to not do it. So why am I saying this story? Why am I relating it? Because one of the most important things in information security is relationships. The meeting worked because of the relationship that I had with the clients and the client and the team. We like working together, the mutual respect. The reason why relationship is so important in information security is because unless you're looking for a check the box type of compliance, which is not security, that's one of the mantras, you're really not going to run an effective security program. You have to have that working relationship. And I was reminded about that relationship here at this time. Now, the epilogue to that story is whatever I had passed about as quickly as it came upon me. By the next day, I was feeling fine and was able to resume my work duties without any sort of issue. But I often say in my 30 plus years in IT and information security, I often talk about the relationship aspect and I still think that that's one of the most important things. When I look back on my career, as I just kind of did when I realized that I'm older, my career rather is older than Internet Explorer. Sometimes I remember some of the projects. Sometimes I remember some of the meetings. Sometimes I remember some of the titles, the compensation, the bonuses, and the conferences, the accolades, the certifications. But the thing I remember the most are the relationships. That's the most important thing. I'm not too far from retirement. I'm not quite there yet. But I know that after I do say goodbye to information security, put it in the rear view, just like Internet Explorer, it's the relationships that I will cherish the most, the memories of the ones that helped me along the way and that those that I plan to continue even after retirement. Thank you for listening and stay secure.